Hello, my friends. Hello, my life warriors. Wherever you are in the world, I do hope you're having a good day. Welcome to the Day In, Day Out podcast. This is ev- this is episode 73. I had the immense pleasure to have Tia Stigman on the podcast today. Uh, she is a speaker, podcast host. Uh, she is also an advocate uh, for identity, freedom, truth, and change. Uh, we covered a number of different subject areas. Uh, some people might find uh, the subject areas we covered a little bit challenging, as we did cover uh, child abuse, uh, mostly from Tia's life and what she's doing to sort of combat that now, on like for kids today, and basically how she's been discussing and trying to bring through change into today's uh, society. Uh, please. Uh, sit back enjoy the podcast and yes uh, i think there is much to learn uh, for many of us out there uh, thank you very much for your time please uh enjoy the show bye-bye peace hello my friends hello my life warriors wherever you are in the world welcome to the day in day out podcast Woo, this is episode 72, and today I have, oh, very lucky to have, uh, Tia Stigman. Uh, basically, how can I put it? Uh, she is an advocate for identity, freedom, truth, and change. She is also a public speaker, and yes, I believe she has a podcast as well, but she is a very busy lady, and she is here today. Tia, how are you today? Very good, thank you. Thank you so much. How are you? I am good. I am good. I am well rested from the weekend where I had uh, the mission of going over Seven Sisters. Uh, like in North London, there's an area called Seven Sisters as well. But yeah, South Coast, Seven oh. Sisters, Seaford to Eastbourne. I did the walk, which I loved entirely. I hated it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you that's yeah no you know we've got to do these things isn't it you know it's good for the mind it's good for the body it's good for the soul a little bit of um, adventure isn't it <laughs> Look, i would agree with you i would agree with you it's good for the mind body and soul but at the time when i was doing it no no and no <laughs> it's just, all no across the levels <laughs> night what like I've got to say thank you for coming on today uh, to the podcast. It is much appreciated. Uh, yeah, one of the things I'd like to ask you, first of all, an advocate for identity, freedom, truth, and change. Now, that's a, that's a rather hefty load, wouldn't you say? It is, it is. But, you know, um, for a very long time, I was stuck with, I was stuck in a place of, you know, who the hell am I? What am I? Who am I? I am so passionate about different topics and stuff. And I eventually went to see this amazing woman, Gail Edwards, incredible woman. And she, she helps basically, she helps people to stand up in your hallelujah. That was, that's her tagline. I help you to stand up in your hallelujah. So be who you are and love who you are. Because man, for such a long time, I was like, I'm creative, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a mom, I'm a this. And you know, when you just have so many interests and you actually have quite a bit of talent and you actually have quite a bit of stuff that you can do in this world, you kind of get a bit lost, right? You get lost in your identity, like who the hell am I really? And Gail really helped me to kind of decipher who I am. And through working with her and a lot of other people have said, you know, you really are an advocate. You're an advocate. You, you fight for children's rights. You're an advocate. You're always trying to help everybody. Um, and, you know, I'm an advocate for change. I try and help people to change. I've done a lot of change in my life. I'm an advocate for identity because through my childhood experience, my identity was lost. So I was abused as a child. I suffered a lot of trauma. And when you've come through that, abuse is a direct attack on your identity. You know, you're abused, you, you, you're lost, you're confused, you know, you go from little girl to, to, to kind of woman, I call it, you go from bud to bloom mm. in, in a moment, in a moment, 
So then you have this duality, like, wow, I'm an eight-year-old, but I'm, I'm, I'm awakened to, you know, feelings of an 18-year-old and, you know, like, sex sexually you're awakened and all this kind of stuff is happening to you. So there's a lot of identity, like, who the hell am I, right? And so for years, I struggled with my identity. And so I want to advocate, so my, I, so my, task in life and I believe that I'm born to do this because this is seeps out of who I am and what I am is to be an advocate for the truth you know to speak the truth right because the truth will set you free mm. there's there's no greater thing than speaking your truth and 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 also there is the truth is light right for me the truth is an awakening it's when you hear the truth and the truth is spoken and you're able to speak your truth and own your truth it's almost like you, you go into a new consciousness, like a new awakening of, wow, 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 wow. There's like, you know, new, new area of knowledge opening up. So for me, I want to bring the truth to people. So I want to speak truth, not only for victims, but also for, for other people so that they can know the truth. And there's an awakening, there's an awareness. Um, and so for freedom, because there's only freedom in truth. And there's, I want freedom for people who have been abused freedom from people who have lost their identity through abuse. And then, you know, the advocate for change. Like, I want to make a change. I don't just want to talk about it. I want to advocate change. I want to say to people, listen, I was so misunderstood as an abuse victim and as somebody who suffered from trauma. And I look at people in this world and people are going, oh, they're a bad teenager. And, oh, look at that one. Their behavior is atrocious. Or look at that person. And I'm thinking, hang on. Maybe that person had trauma. Maybe that person has really struggled with something. Maybe they're abused as a child. Maybe that prostitute that you're slagging off, maybe she was exploited as a child. Maybe she was trafficked. You know, all this kind of stuff. People are all acting as, you know, we all act as a result of something. And, and I don't believe there is something that people are inherently bad. I don't know about you, but badness as such if there is such a word badness comes from from something that happened to you in your past you you it's a reaction because no one is inherently born bad we're not born bad people i'm sorry i, I refuse to believe that right so that's in essence what i do right i that, that's in essence the this task that i've taken upon myself to be an advocate for freedom tooth and chains and an identity through it is knowing ourselves in that process mm. like with regards to what you said about you don't believe people are inherently bad i think when you kind of look at it from the spectrum of like a movie yes uh, people are inherently good and bad yeah there is a lot more sort of complex uh stories behind why a person might be the way they are it might be a case of yeah they might have been neglected it might be a case of they might have been abused and like it's maybe a case of yeah then like something may have happened like i don't know good bad or other might be a sip like a new sibling coming into the family and they felt like yeah they've been pushed aside that yeah. might trigger them off so it is one of those things i under like i look at it and go i understand people are not just that simple and sometimes in this world we live in like there is like some people want to paint people like that sort of like yes this is a reason why they're good and this is a reason why they're bad and like they don't look at the sort of whole picture it's like mm. yeah, they're just a bad egg they're just a bad person and they quite often they will trawl up a lot of their sort of past with today's society and use that as a weapon to go, go yeah that's that person is like that and it might have been years ago and they've changed over that time and they've grown as a person but there is no sort of opportunity for them to like go this is me now like this has been my sort of road to redemption or this has been my sort of journey to try finding a better person if you get what i mean yeah 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 absolutely you know, yeah, I, you know, it's a, it's a strange, it's like you say, it's a strange world we live in. But I, I, I think, you know, that person, however mean or evil or whatever, is, is normally, you can look at narcissists and you can look at people who make choices that they do. 
And, and they're all a result of indoctrination. They're all a result of things because, you know, ultimately we, you know, we all act on kind of, somebody explained it to me one day and she said, you have an event that happens to you and that event causes you to believe. So she always says, she says, you have an event, then you have head, you have heart and you have hands. So event happens and you believe something because of the event. So I am bad or I am, I must be terrible or this or that, or I'm an idiot or I'm whatever. Right. So you might grow up with a narcissistic parent who is, you know, screaming at you, whatever that forms an idea in your head. Mm. Now that head starts to manifest as a belief. So it goes from head to heart. So you believe this and now you feel it. So it goes from your head. I'm, I believe it. And now you have this emotion. So the emotion is either anger or the emotion is resentment or the emotion is hate or the emotion is something. And then that emotion manifests in your hands. So normally how, how our world, all of us, all of us, all of us, all of us act like this in life. There's an event that happens. Mm-hmm. That event makes you believe something. That belief causes an emotion and that emotion causes a reaction. And everything can be traced back to that pretty much in life, right? So, you know, I, I come originally from South Africa and I know there's a lot of hatred. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of stuff going on there. Yes. With these events that happened that got people into mindsets and beliefs and those mindsets and beliefs have now caused anger and resentment and hatred in their hearts. And now they're acting out and they're killing each other and they're murdering and they're doing all this kind of stuff. Right. And, and it's, yeah, you know, it's about just, I always believe that perspective is so important. It's really, really important and it doesn't make it okay. Please don't think that I'm saying that it's making anything okay, that it makes it okay to be a bad person or it makes it okay to, to do anything. I just always think that, you know, there has to be a level of understanding in our world and a, and a level of, um, you know, especially pertaining to children. When, when, you have so, when you have a child that is acting up or you have a child in a school that is not flourishing, you have a child that is showing rebellious behavior and all that kind of stuff. I just really believe that deep down inside, there is something that happened in that child's life. There was events that happened and, and it's making that child act in that way. And we are so quick to punish, to judge, and, and to almost bound those people with labels. We label them, you know, so quickly. And, and, and I suppose because I'm an activist for freedom, mm. you know, my whole life I've been advocating freedom because that freedom for me is about being understood. I think because I just wanted to be understood my whole life. I really had a deep desire for people to accept me for who I am and to be understood. And I want the same for children. I, I, I want people not to be labeled. I, you know, that's really important to me. And, and we, we should take that into, into life because it's not just kids, right? Mm. But we live in a very labeled society. It's so easy to label each other. We label each and we label children. He's got ADHD. He's got this. He's got that. She's got that. She's got a syndrome. She's got this. You know, we're quick to label ourselves. Oh, I'm, I'm, and we even label ourselves like I am, I am anxiety or I have anxiety or all this kind of stuff. Um, we love labeling ourselves, you mm. know, instead of actually going back and thinking about why, why am I labeling myself and, and, and almost trying to understand why am I the way I am, you know? And, and that's always been my thing. Yeah. Like you mentioned labels and like, this is the thing with regards to like yourself, like the event, what happened to yourself, which basically like affected your mind and identity. What, like, what sort of like, what sort of labels did you sort of put upon yourself, which until I don't know, which you thought were true, until I don't know the point when you most really had the discussion went, okay, oh, this happened to me. I was abused then. And this is like, it was wrong. Do you remember? What happens with, you know, so, so for mine, mine was sexual abuse as a child. Hmm. So I was, I was groomed with pornography, hmm. which had a lot of shame 
and guilt attached to it because you know pornography has a lot of shame attached to it but especially if you if you're showing pornography to a five-year-old she doesn't know you know and 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 i was groomed with it yeah and then the sexual abuse that came with that you you label yourself as bad you you know with abuse and and especially with child sexual abuse comes a lot of labeling of self it comes there's a lot of internal self-talk um and what happened for me was I had these save me moments. So there were two moments in my years of being abused that, that two people saw what happened to me or they, I thought they saw. Mm. One was my brother, but my brother was very young still as well. But he was older than me and I worshipped him because he was my older brother. Yeah. I thought that he saw me coming out of the bathroom with this guy who had just been abusing me and he never said anything. And I desperately wanted him to save me. So he never saved me. Then my uncle saw me in the pool with this guy and he never saved me. So then the narrative that starts to, the label that you give yourself in your head and the narrative that goes around in your head is I'm not worthy of saving. So I, you know, I'm not worthy. My, my self-worth is, is zero because if I'm worthy of saving, somebody would have saved me. Somebody would have said something. Those people would have spoken up for me. You know, this ordeal would be over by now. So you label yourself as almost like not good enough, not yeah. worthy. Um, and, and, and a lot of abuse victims will also label themselves as damaged or, or you know, broken or, or, you know, just not, not whole. Like I'm, I'm used and I'm, I'm no good because, you know, I've, I'm, 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 not, I'm not this whole perfect person anymore. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of narratives in your head and there's a lot of, Shame that you carry, but a lot of labeling. And, and like I said, you know, in terms of you, you lose your, your identity in that because that is not who you are. That, that's not, but, but you have this narrative and you can't see the wood from the trees. You can't see yourself as this innocent person who's not, you know, who's not at fault here. You see yourself as somebody that's inherently bad. And I've got to be bad because nobody's saving me. And I've got got to be bad because no one has said anything, right? And I've got to be bad because this is happening over and over. And I can't make it stop. And I can't speak out about it. I can't tell anyone about it, right? Um, And then I think for me, the worst part of it all was, the, the worst part of my whole thing for me and and what what kept me i think silent for such a long time and i never spoke up about it i didn't speak up about it i told my mom when i was probably about 16 i told a boyfriend that got amorous with me at about 14 i was like listen you know this had happened to me i'm not comfortable with what's going on here Mm. Um, and i told my mom and my mom never spoke about it my mom i think i was 16 or 17 when i told my mom and my mom was so afraid that my dad would kill the guy that my mom said, just keep quiet about it. Don't say anything because it will kill your dad and your dad will just lose the plot. So don't say anything to anybody. And it was left at that, right? No counseling, no therapy, nothing. It was just kind of left at that. Um, but for me, I think the worst thing was the fact that when you're being bu- abused for such a long time, yeah. there almost becomes a period when you're enjoying it. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I could not comprehend it. And I think in my head, I couldn't comprehend it. That, that at, at some point it goes from, from, from the abuse of kind of hating every minute of it to, to kind of almost enjoying it, almost liking it because you're being groomed. So uh, I, would, like, I would imagine it went from being something which you thought was abnormal because it was happening on a regular basis to normal. Uh, if I, like, please correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and you're only a child, so you don't understand it. Mm. And that comes massive amounts of shame. And I think for me, in my healing process, look, it took me eight years. It took me eight years of walking out healing, completely eight years of walking out this healing process took me eight years to be able to get to that point where I could actually say, hang on, this was the hardest part of the whole thing was actually admitting the shame of liking it, the shame of, and it wasn't my fault. I was just a young child who was being abused. And, 
you know, who had sexual desires awakened and through that awakening of sexual desires, you're a normal person. You're a human being. Your, your sexual desires are awakened. Yeah. At some point, you're enjoying the sexuality of it, I suppose. I don't know, right? This is, I'm not an expert on this. I'm just somebody who loved mm. the experience. But that messes with your mind, man. That just, it messes with your mind. It messes with your identity. It messes with, with the core of you, the, the, the absolute core of you, because you just don't understand it. You just don't understand it. And because you don't understand it, then to a certain extent, your subconscious mind will then suppress it which in my case, my subconscious mind suppressed it for a very, very long time. So at the age of 40 odd, they started to show up more and more elements of it that I could no longer ignore it. I had hidden it for 20 years, never spoke about it, never, never really addressed it, never made a big issue of it, managed to cope with mild depression all the time, not knowing that what was really happening was obviously you have this massive soul scar, right? I call it a soul scar because it is, it goes into your soul, you know? Um, so yeah, it was, yeah, it was, you know, it took me eight years to get to the point where I felt healed and complete, where I could talk about it and where I could say, do you know what? I, I want to advocate against this. I, I want to, I want to explain to people what it felt like, what it was like, what happens in the process. I want to explain to people that when you're exploited, when you're, when you're exposed to pornography, when you're being exploited, that this is what happens to you. And this is why it's wrong. This is why I will, till my deathbed, advocate against pornography because I know what it does to a child who has seen pornography or a child who was exposed to pornography how it impacted my life, how it impacted the way I played, the way I thought, the way I acted for a very, very long time, right? Um, so, so yeah, it, it, it impacted my entire life. It's impacted my relationships. It impacted my marriage. It impacts my parenting. You know, abuse impacts you on every level of your thread. And I've had to fight hard to get to the point where I know my identity is who I am. I'm not an abuse victim. That's not my identity. I don't want people to get to know me as, oh, she was abused and sexual abuse wasn't my identity. Mm. But it became a core part of, of who I was as a child, right? Um, so, so a lot of what I, what I do and, what, and, and some of the work that I do with women and, and with children and stuff is, is to help them to understand who they really are at the core. Mm. Believe me, I had to go back to the basics, right? I had to do that whole thing, go back to basics of, I had to do all these tests. What is my personality test? What is my love language? Mm. Da, 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 da. I did loads of tests, Enneagram, you name it. I was on this pursuit of finding out underneath all this crap, who is Tia, right? Who is Tia? How is she created? What is she meant to do on this earth? you know, everything. So I can get to the point of me, like this is me. And then, you know, build back on from that. And, um, you know, and that was a tough journey. Mm. Because it's almost <clears throat> learning, right? It's unlearning all these things and then yeah. almost relearning, relearning to be yourself. Yeah, no, I can imagine because like, this is a thing, as you say, it affects, uh, it's going to affect all aspects of your life. Like one of the things I you didn't mention is maybe how it affected how you sort of developed, like how you had relationships with your peers and how they, that went on. Like because you're ahead of them in many, many yeah. a way, but I would say you're most probably a little bit, gonna, I don't know, where you're a little bit closed off to sort of like meeting like new kids and like getting to know them. What was that like? No, actually, I don't know if it's just my personality type, but I, I was a social butterfly, completely, utterly social butterfly. Yeah. I was very reluctant in relationships, though. It affected my relationships with older people. It affected my relationship with men. And actually, I married a younger guy, um, and I didn't like older guys at all. I was deadly afraid of older men. Mm. Um, 
even you know dating older guys at school i didn't i didn't particularly like dating older guys at school i um you know my best friends were guys that were years younger than me and my husband is three years younger than me so i i suppose that was a form of self-preservation right just making sure that this person was younger than you so that you didn't feel threatened in essence right because if anybody was older than me they might want more yeah something that i didn't want and i wasn't ready for stuff like that right mm -hmm. So I made sure that I hung out with younger guys because younger guys wouldn't hit on me. Yes. You know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I, you both have these, these amazing methods of self-preservation. Um, and, and I suppose I, be, I became, at a very young age, a protector of people. I became this, um, this protector of, of, of everybody around me. And people would confide in me. So children at school who who were abused and children at school who were struggling with stuff at home would always come to me and and i kind of became this person that that a lot of people come to and i still to this day have that thing where people people feel safe with me i i'm i'm very good at making a very very quick connection with people so i build rapport really really quickly people trust me really quickly and then they open their hearts to me um, and I've had to learn a bit, bit more stronger boundaries because of that, because, you know, at one point I was getting triggered by a lot of this stuff. So until I got to a place of healing, it's hard, but it's, it's hard when you're that person that makes people feel comfortable quickly, or they feel that they can trust you and then they can <laughs> spill the beans with you, you know, mm. it's, it is hard, but I've, Thank, thank the Lord, I've always been a very strong person in that sense. And I've, and I've always managed to, you know, support people through that. But funny enough, I've, I've, I've run children's ministry in my church for the last 13 years. And through that, I've, I, I built really strong connections with children. So a lot of children would, you know, confide in me and stuff and come to me. Um, and I suppose it's, it's just all as a result of, of what happened to me. So I always wanted to be there for people, right? I always wanted to be the protector of people. And I mean, you know, you can't save the world. And it's, it's kind of like uh, someone said to me the other day, you know, um, it was quite funny. The guy said, um, what did he call it? He called it Jesus syndrome. You know what I mean? He said, you know, you've got Jesus syndrome. You're not going to save the world. I was like, oh my word. Got to also remember, like, this is the thing. You can save the world, but you can't save the world by yourself. Yeah. And Jesus did not do it by himself as well. So you got to remember <laughs> that. Like, Jesus had a crew. Jesus had a team. And like, look, so like, yeah, if you're going to go out there, be this advocate like for identity, freedom, like change, like truth and change. It's not one of those, like that type, those mission statements right there, like I'm, it is a thing which if you're trying to do it by yourself, it's a heavy, heavy weight. Look, just, let, let's just take one word, like freedom, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, like freedom, look, there is, like there is, like America, like yes, land of the free. That is not one word you can do by yourself. Like, like truth or change, I don't know. Like you just got to make sure you've got that crew of people to back you up uh, to help you through these times. No, I and I, I agree with you completely, and, and and that's why when I when I started to do more and more of the work that I do. I wrote down three key words mm. that's really important for me. First one is conversation. So okay. having conversations, making sure that we have those courageous conversations, that we talk about these topics because most people don't want to talk about this kind of stuff. You know, most people are afraid to talk about this kind of thing. So for me, it's about conversation, collaboration, and education. Mm. So, and I can't have the impact that I want to have in the world if I'm not collaborating with people around me and having conversations, lots of conversations and, you know, and, and educating people. It's about, and together we're educating people because that's the only way through education, mm. right? 
not about going out and changing people. It's about educating people to make the change and then collaborating with others to be the educators and then having those conversations. So for me, those three words make a very, very big part of, of, of what I do and what I'd love to do more of, you know, in the world. And which is one of the reasons why I thought, great, you know, we can have a podcast and we can talk about these things. Yeah. And, and what I've built my own podcast around is kind of like, you know, the conversations and the collaborations and the education. I want it to be exactly that. I wanted to teach people things they didn't know um, and collaborate with others in, in, in that area. Mm. We can't uh, ourselves. We can't. No, absolutely. And with that sort of realm of collaboration, like, I'm not exactly too sure how many years you've been doing this for, but like, if it's been five years or 10 years, what was it like sort of in the beginning to get this, like the ball started on this journey of being the, ab I'm just going to call you the advocate from now on, uh, being the advocate? Um, you know what, you've just got to, there's always the fear thing and there's always the lie in your head. There's always, we've got to be so careful of the lies because there's always the lie of, you know, no, you don't have a big enough following. No, you have this. No, you're not. You know, your message isn't important enough. Mm. But when you cut through all the crap, <laughs> you just got to reach out to people and say, listen, you know, my heart is to do this. And I literally started by reaching out to a small charity and saying to them, you know, there was a charity local to me and they were looking for speakers. And I just said, you know, I'd love to be a speaker. And that's where I started. I, I started to help somebody else build their platform first. So I started as a speaker for a small little charity here in Surrey. And, and I started to advocate for them. I started, they, they were talking about sexual exploitation and their charity is built around grooming. So they go to schools and, and, and parent talks and stuff right across the country. And they speak about online grooming. And so I started to work with them and I started to collaborate with them. And as I was working with them, I started to, you know, do more and more and more things. And, and now, you know, I'm reaching out. I'm, I'm just kind of building the bridges to reach out to, to people who have organizations, who have established podcasts, who have training, you know, and I'm just saying, let's all be a voice together and just, you know, getting over myself and getting over the voice in your head that, that, that tells you, you know, you're not good enough, you're not big enough, your platform isn't big enough, your, your audience isn't big enough, all this kind of stuff. And just going out there, because ultimately what is important or children, saving the children, saving young people, you know. Um, so I've literally just been, in the last few months, I've just been, doing loads of training, just, you know, eating up loads of information and just kind of like learning, 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 and now relaunching my podcast and saying, okay, you know, I've been speaking very broadly for a while, but I now want to hone in on exploitation mm. as much. Um, and bring a fresh eye on exploitation and bring in all these experts that can actually talk about exploitation. Because something that I learned in my journey was that a lot of people think when you talk about exploitation, they think about sexual exploitation. Mm. But actually, exploitation isn't all sexual. There are many forms of exploitation. So in my journey, when my, my own child went to senior school, we came to know about a lot of stuff that was happening in senior school. So now all of a sudden you're in a new genre, yeah. your kid is in senior and there's all the stuff going around and your eyes are being opened to self-harm and suicide. And, you know, two kids in our year, in our school last year, we have a very small school. We very very lucky that we don't have a massive senior school but in our very small senior school last year we lost two children to suicide um and it hit our community really really hard and then you know then you start to look at things differently and and through you know my child's friendships and through stuff that she was looking at online and she was exposed to and stuff that 
was the norm in senior school, I was like nailed. I was like, whoa, flawed. Like, what the hell? Yeah. So our children were being exploited. My, my child was being exploited. She was being exploited by music, the music industry, right? Exploiting these children and, and the stuff she was listening to. I was like, oh my God, this is suicidal stuff. Like you would commit suicide if you listen to this junk every day. It's like slit my wrist, kill me. I just yeah. want to die right now, right? Yeah, like this is the thing. You, like, you say your kids, like you know, thankfully, your kids go to a small senior school. Like this is like uh, when I was a kid, when you were a kid. Like okay, this like this is where I lose like the whole realm of what I grew up with and like what you you grew up with with regards to being a kid, kid, just regular kid is different. Like my school had fifteen hundred kids in my, as a senior school. Like go, that's a pretty big school. But now today, that's not that is no longer true because like I remember they had a pen pal program in our school, so you could write to someone in America. It's like okay, that's great. So you could write to some one random person in America. Now, I look, I could speak to anyone in the goddamn world I want to. Like yeah. that sort of pool of kids, it's no longer it's no longer. 500, it's no longer 1,500, it's no longer like 2,000 if you had a school that size. It's yeah. millions upon millions of kids which they have access to. And mm -hmm. like something with what you mentioned earlier with the porn pornography and like how you like advocating against that. In senior school, like, and with the internet, there is easiest, the easiest access in the world you just need a smartphone and it's there. So it's like, it's sometimes like, this is the reason why I say you definitely need a team because look, just that alone and like just basically kids being kids on with regards to that on just normal levels, not going beyond, like going into that dark realm. But it is so much information. If you, you mentioned the music industry with regards to, suicidal music and everything like this yeah and you can go yeah it's the music industry it's youtube it's instagram by putting all like these daughters on like the amount of times i've seen a quote-unquote like um instagram influencer or model like be like okay you see them on youtube you go and you look at their instagram posts and go those two are not the same <laughs> it's like, like you've gone through like you've got this expectation which is yeah. presented by a many a person which is like this is perfect but in reality it's nothing yeah. nothing like that and trying to explain that to an impressionable child at times mm -hmm. is akin to an uphill battle uh to say the least yeah yeah exactly you know and and i think a lot of parents they don't understand it. They just don't get it. A lot of people just don't get it. And a lot of young people just don't get it. You know, um, oh, I've, I, I've come across music. I've come across music videos. I've come across genres like um, Japanese anime, mm. where these awful people have taken a genre like Japanese anime and they've now made these videos. And so seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds are watching these videos. It's teaching them domestic violence, it's teaching them self-harm, it's teaching them suicide. I met a lady the other day whose daughter at the age of seven was drawing pictures of herself hanging from a noose. They were asking her where the hell, how, what, and she pointed them to a video on YouTube of a Japanese anime that she had been watching and listening to. And basically the, the undertones are very, 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 very dark and it subconsciously impresses on the children. Mm to do exactly that um and you know parents aren't, aren't aren't aware of this so and these are things that slip in they slip in so you know there's a lot of exploitation in that sense there's the exploitation of you know these followers that they're following these people mm. that they that they're following on instagram that are teaching young girls that it's a really good look to be anorexic you know and teaching them how to be anorexic 
pro Anna, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it's, it's just, it's like a shit fight. It's like coming at our kids at the speed of knots and how the hell, right? I'm constantly, I've got three daughters, three mm. daughters, and, and I have to have so many conversations with my children so they get my heart. I can't be making rules. I cannot live in this world and, 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 and bunker my children up and say, no, YouTube, no this. So, so what I've done is I've had to constantly have conversations with them and talk to them about what is appropriate, what isn't appropriate. They are now watching each other's backs, right? Um, they know at the point where if one watches something or seen something, the others would say, no, this is not appropriate. You know, this is not, this is not good. This is not wholesome. Um, but they're only just kids and they're constantly being pulled in, right? They're constantly being pulled in. And, you know, even stuff that, that goes against our family values. So I'm very strong on family values. Like we have certain values. We don't steal. We don't lie. You know, those are strong family, normal family values, but there's strong values in our family. And they, they would watch a YouTube show, really kind of innocent YouTube show. But on the YouTube show, the kids would steal money from the parents, buy pizza, eat the pizza, hide it, then hide everything. Then parents come back. They lie to the parents. There's all this kind of stuff. And my kids think it's funny. And I'm like, yeah, it's funny, but it's teaching you that it's okay to steal from your mom and dad. It's teaching you that it's okay to hide stuff. It's okay to lie about stuff. Those are three values that are in direct, you know, contrast to what we believe as a family. Mm. So subconsciously, they're influencing you to think in a different way and act in a way that will get you in trouble in your own home. Like, why? Oh, think about it like that. Like, no, this is the thing. I would say one of the hard things with YouTube, and I've got a couple points. One of the hard things about YouTube is the difference between watching a TV show, TV show proper, is because you know, like, you know, the truth of that's a TV show. When it's a YouTube channel, it's much more closer akin to sort of reality TV. Yeah. So yeah. that's where it can draw a lot, a lot of kids in. But like one of the things I also say is I think with regards to how you're dealing with it, you're basically having the conversation with your kids on a day-to-day basis to like many a time where it just feels like I'm having the conversation again and again and again. It keeps on coming. I think where I... Like I'm not a parent myself, so I can't. I'm not getting on any sort of high and mighty horse or whatnot. But I think we're not just kids alone, but with society as a whole, more conversations need to be had. Like what I like, what I tend to see is like there is a problem. There is like there's. Well, no, there's two different trains of thought, excuse me. And it's trying to tackle the same problem. But one side just says in very sort of brief terms, this is what we should do. And the other side says in brief terms, this is what we should do. And they talk amongst themselves. But if they got together as a group and went, yeah, this is a problem. And they had that conversation, it might actually lead to an effective solution. It might actually lead to something which would actually benefit uh, the whole of society. But because ne- no one's really talking, or if it's a case of in each group, people are talking just in smaller groups and smaller groups and smaller groups, nothing gets done. So that's the hard thing about like that side of thing. But I would say you're, at least you're having the conversation with your kids about this TV show, that like this, like, like not to sort of bash on Instagram, but this internet influencer, like basically yeah. this music. So at least they know they can actually come to you and go, yeah, I saw this, like I'm, I'm a little bit confused or whatnot. And I think many parents out there is like, oh my God, this happened. What the hell? And it's like going, wait, have you talked to your child about this? And uh, no, I, no, I want you teacher to do something about it. But the message is going to be much more effective from the person who brought that child into the world and has been with them 
pretty much every day of their life until that point. I could be wrong. No, and, and the thing is, there's, that, that brings you to another problem. And, you know, that's not my field of expertise, but it is something that I've, I've spoken a lot about and I speak to a lot of people about is connection. There's no connection between parents and children. Parents are distracted. And we had that at one point. I had that, that I was so, I was so involved in business and stuff that I lost connection with my children. And, and, and thank goodness I had a friend who pointed it out and, and she said, you know, the only way to get through the next few years is you're going to have to build a really strong connection with your children. Mm. And for me, this whole, you know, COVID-19 has actually been a blessing in the essence of that it's given a lot of people a lot of opportunity to, to rebuild the connection that they had actually lost with their children. Mm. I'm, I'm hoping so because they were together in homes and they had to look at different ways of being and connecting and stuff like that. Hopefully most people haven't just sat in bedrooms and, you know, been on computers and their kids locked in their bedrooms, but, but yeah, you know, it is very much, it's, it's a case of connecting. You're right. It's a, it's, it's a case of building up that connection and having those conversations with your kids and with your family. And, and that's an art form. It's an art form that I think as a society we've lost. Mm. We need to rebuild because we've lived such fast paced lives and we've lived so past each other. And, you know, and, and, and the internet is such a distraction. People come home, they go online, they look at their phones, all that kind of stuff. Parents are always, you know, like this and kids are like this and there's a phone in front of their faces and it's, you know, and it's sad it's sad and, and that is a it's a big problem part of the problem of solving this is having those conversations but a big part of it is regaining connection mm. as human beings you know like you were saying earlier I mean, when you know the reason why you're doing the podcast is to to grow your sphere of 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 kind of like conversations and you know the art of conversation is an art that's kind of almost dying right uh, Oh God, I have to teach my daughter who's 13 how to write a freaking message. And, and, you know, some days I'm like, can I just tell you how to write a text message? Because you can't talk to me like that. And you can't talk to dad like that. Mm. You know, when I'm asking you a question, yes, mom, you know, the stuff she sends me, I'm just like, no, but as a parent, I'm not going to just accept it because I know one place, one day in the workplace and everything, if I just let it be now, it's not going to serve her right Mm. really really hard so yeah you know we have our work cut out we really do have our work cut out but um you know i think if each of us just focus on our little area and we all do the best that we can do then you know we'll get there it's it's just harrowing to think that we're going into this new age we're in this age of technology we're in this kind of we're moving out from the industrial revolution we're going into technological advancement and I don't know as a human race if we really are prepared for it you know it's coming at us so fast so Mm, that's a big concern yeah no like this is the thing it's just the sheer amount of uh, connectability like as they say humans are designed to know 150 people that basically stems back from back in the day small tribes villages and like basically sit like city life is kind of unusual but when you think about it it always sort of stems back to sort of your small groupings and like you've done like you're doing city life right now but you've also done like living in the country so you kind of had like had both feet in both worlds and like i it definitely must be a different flow from like when you were in a village, like, sorry, when you were in the country to where you are now, which is a million miles away in comparison, uh, out in Surrey. Yeah. 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 No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, but you know, I, I think as a society, our circles are getting smaller again. Mm. I think circles are getting smaller again. And, um, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know where it will go, but, you know, I just know that my role in this point in time is to really focus on helping more people to secure their, their, 
their children against the exploitation that comes with this world that we're finding ourselves in, right? To kind of come back to the village, you know, being a village, raising our kids in the village mentality, that you don't need to be connected to the whole entire world. You don't need to be speaking to everyone in every country of the world. You don't need to have friends all over the place. Just, you know, um, because kids are lonelier and we, we are lonelier as people in general. So, so yeah, it's a really difficult concept, but I think right now, you know, for me as an advocate for freedom, truth and change, I really think that, you know, I need to be focusing on, on this one key area that I understand, which is the exploitation of children, mm. the wider community and, and how as, as parents, as carers, we can protect them from that exploitation having those conversations with them, getting them to understand it, getting them to see that it's not rules and regulations, but it's actually, you know, they see our hearts. We want to protect them. They, they understand the risks involved. And then, you know, and then hopefully they can make better decisions and better choices going from that because it's not going to go away. Right. It's not nice. Our world all the time. Mm. And that's our challenge. That's our big challenge. As this world is expanding, Yes. Almost have to flip the script and, and go, you know, smaller. So over the sort of next, like, say, six months to a year, maybe 18 months, how do you, like, is there a plan of action to help you, like, flip that script to get through to, like, helping uh, the kids out there? So, so predominantly what I want to focus on is, is podcast for now is getting more and more experts in and, and I'd like to give others the voice as well. So given an opportunity for people to, to have my platform. So my podcast as also an opportunity for them to voice their, you know, their expertise with regards to exploitation and then, so that's my first step. And then I want to create a membership for parents, like a mom's membership or something like that. Because what I find is when you ask a lot of people about it, they're afraid of it. They're really afraid of it. They don't know what to do. Because unfortunately, what does happen out there, there is a lot of facts that are scary. And parents are scared of the facts. People are scared of these facts because with a lot of the facts doesn't come strategic solutions. Mm. So what I'd like to be offering people is almost like a hub or it's almost a space where you can come to where you know that when you listen to the podcast, it's fearless facts, right? The facts are fearless. They're not going to make me feel afraid for my child because they're going to offer strategic solutions. And then having a hub or a membership community where parents can come to learn how to protect their children. Maybe moms of, of young kids, you know, maybe from the age of eight, nine, ten, can come to and say, okay, if I'm part of this community, in that community will be resources and, and I will learn about all the types of exploitation. I will know how I can protect my child. There will be other people that will come in on board and, and there will be collaboration. So it's not just me singing my little song. There will be other people that will come in and say, right this is how to protect your child from grooming this is how to protect your child from the music industry this is how to protect your child from all these influences that they might have that will you know impact their innocence and impact their childhood right mm -hmm. so that children have an opportunity to grow from bud to bloom in in the right time right so there's no disruption of childhood so there's no kind of process of taking them from this to this super fast because that's I believe where a main area of why our children are stuck struggling with mental health right a lot of kids are struggling with this mental health because we're taking them from young kids and we're exposing them to music we're exposing them to sexual content we're exposing them to language and they're going from this to this so you've got 19 year olds who are acting like 16 year olds because they've been exploited they've been introduced to stuff they've been introduced to pornography they've been introduced to all this adult content mm. with no filters and and there's almost like this this chasm like like what happened to childhood and then when they get to a certain age 
there's a massive struggle with their mental health because they didn't have that growth period, that slow maturing growth period, right? They were ripened. They were, it was too quick, too fast. So the whole idea is to help, help people to understand what exploitation does to a child's growth and then to help parents to slow it down by saying, no, we're not going to be watching these videos. No, this is not an appropriate show. Say no, teaching their children about good pictures, bad pictures, pornography, all this kind of stuff, so that they can then help their child to mature in the right time frame. You know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So that's my plan. So my plan is to do that. My plan is to set up a, you know, I'm working on it at the moment at the intricacies of it, but it's to set up a membership where I can help people who are interested in, you know, helping, keeping their children safe from, from um, exploitation to give them that really good, like fearless facts and strategic solutions and teach them and train them so that they, they can spot it. Right. They can say, Oh, hang on, hang on that video. No, 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 we're not watching that. And mm. you know, and this is why. So, yeah. And then from there, you know, obviously I would like to be speaking more, but at the moment there's no speaking in schools and stuff. A lot of schools aren't doing speaking. I'd love to do more parent talks, but I think what I need to focus on is maybe like webinars and stuff like that. So I'm exploring those, those options at the moment. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. No, this thing, um, parent talks, I think that would be a good thing. I know you've had problems with, like you mentioned, you had problems before we started this with regards to your sort of internet sort of like flexibility being a little bit up and down. But if you did a sort of, you know, if you could get to a location where the internet was strong, uh, like the force. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, yeah, doing a sort of like parents meeting uh, type thing, like once a week or once a month, yeah. Uh, how many times I uh, give people uh, opportunity to sort of speak over Zoom or something like that because you can host a large number of people over Zoom uh, and like just give people opportunity to like like just talk and let them know they're not alone because that's one of the whole things. Um, I think it's a case of people like think, yeah, I'm having this trouble, I'm having this pain, I'm like I don't know how to reach my kids, uh, but it's i would say it's not a problem which is just going to be unique to that one person or those like that one group of parents it's going to be like everyone's going through that again themselves no, absolutely not no it's not it's not an isolated thing you know mm. if it's happened to me it's happened to a lot of other people you know none of us are unique and alone in our problems so so yeah, exciting future ahead, you know, but like you said, it's, it's got to be about team. It's got to be about having, putting the right people in place and, and, you know, and just having lots of conversations with lots of people. Mm, indeed. Word <laughs> uh, now, if I had the power to make uh, one great thing happen uh, to change the world, what would it be? Mm. Oh gosh, that's a that's a that's a very good question. Um, you know what? Yeah, I, I think I, I think it would just be to to keep more children safe. For me, it would be to to keep children safe from abuse. You know, if I could do one thing, it's like if I could eradicate abuse, that would be the, the ultimate thing for me. You know, child abuse in any form all forms, every form of child abuse, just, you know, child exploitation, such an horrible thing, such an awful, you know, thing that happens in our society on a daily basis all over the world. If we can get rid of that, I'll be happy. Ah, there you go. There you go. I, I shall work on that. I guess <laughs> I'll get my team on that. <laughs> it's like, yes. I just spread the word. Just keep spreading the word, right? Just keep spreading the word. Absolutely, definitely going to be working on that. Uh, speaking of spreading the word, how can people reach you out there? Well, um, I'm on Instagram and mm. Facebook, and then also I have a podcast that I'm just in the process of relaunching called Truth Talks with Tia. Yeah. Where I'm going to be, you know, unpacking the truth around exploitation and stuff like that. So, and then, um, just Tia Stegerman on Facebook and on Instagram. 
and then like I said um, you know my my new podcast which will which I'm recording this week and starting to to put out again I've got some episodes on it but I'm taking it up again I've just booked some speakers today so so it's all good but thank you very much for for having me as your guest and for you know for giving me an opportunity to speak on your on your podcast as well the pleasure is all mine. Thank you for coming on today. Uh, yes, I'll put the note, I'll, I'll put all your links in the description, the notes, and so people can reach out to you. I've got to say, hey, Tia, uh, the advocate, she's the advocate from now on. Uh, yeah, yes, uh, thank you for coming on today. You have been absolutely fantastic. And thank, thank you very much for sharing. Yay. So much for having me. No problem. And I would like to say to all you, uh, my friends, my life warriors out there, if you're still listening, I would like to say thank you very much. Please stay safe, stay well, be awesome, be excellent, be fantastic. Be all the positive bees you can be out in the world and then some. Have a great day, guys. Yeah. Peace. Ah, I'm with